And away we go. It's the panel show every weekday afternoon at this time here on the John Oakley Show. Topics worthy of discussion brought to you by Pizzaville. Introducing our panel, Michael Giles, been in government 30 years at all levels, even invented a, a couple of levels <laughs> in addition to, or is about now. to. Yeah, there you are. Michael, good to have you here. John Capobianco is with us, Senior VP, Senior Partner, and National Practice Lead for Public Affairs in Fleischman Hilliard's Toronto office. Over 20 years at the grassroots political level, uh, again, at all levels of government. <laughs> and a happy birthday to you, John. Thank you, John. I appreciate that very much. Appreciate you coming in on your birthday. Uh, Sherry DeNovo rounds out the panel, minister at Trinity St. Paul's Centre for Faith, Justice and the Arts, and a former NDP MPP for Parkdale High Park. How's Sherry? I'm good, and it's always a pleasure, John. Pleasure to have you here. Everybody's, you know, resplendent in, well, you got your poppies on, and that's kind of an interesting uh, observation I had last night. I was walking along uh, up north of Yorkville and saw a dude with a white poppy and I remembered back in the day somebody saying to me that this is uh, something signifying pacifism and uh, I just had to mull that over in my mind for a moment and wonder is this appropriate where the poppy actually symbolizes the sacrifice and it's not a platform for a political statement but do you think I mean in light of you know the whole conflagration that happened in World War One and what the poppy has represented historically, is a white poppy appropriate at this time of the year as well, Sherry DeNovo? Well, I, I mean, people forget the history of the red poppy. I mean, in Flanders Fields was quite a statement, anti-war statement, really. And uh, the red poppy came about from women who, you know, as loved ones had died in the war. And it really was a chance to commemorate both their sacrifice and, and their service. Uh, and it was not in any way meant to be pro-war, uh, none of that. Um, and, and also, I think there's an important uh, argument to be made that the proceeds of the sales of red poppies go to to veterans uh, who need the money and to charitable causes. Um, but we have to remember, people who fought and died, fought and died for, for our freedom, so freedom to wear white or red. But personally, I'll be wearing red. All right. Uh John, I mean, is it well, inappropriate? It, I, I think it totally is inappropriate. I think it's a quite, quite frankly disrespectful. I think the red poppy has become symbolized to uh, as a remembrance um, of those who uh, who fought the wars and have passed on and and given us our freedom. And I think that uh, anything other than than that, um, you could you could protest your own way. You can do your own uh, way of of uh, being anti-war or anti. Uh, um, you know, from that perspective. But I'm telling you, though, Johnny, I, I think it's just the wrong thing to do. And, and I, I proudly wear the red poppy every time and, and uh, donate as much as I can. Um, and I think the soldiers who uh, fought the wars and, and died in those wars, but also are in the military now, deserve and, and ought to have our respect. Uh, and, and one day a year on November 11th, when we do this, I think is, is not nearly enough, but it should be a one that everybody should symbolize, at least a thankfulness for those who uh, sacrificed their lives for us. All right. Well, Michael, you got the red poppy on oh uh, well yeah i look at this you know there's certain symbols that are, are are worthy of being emulated you know different colors of ribbons and everything else the, the poppy is something that stands alone it is a symbol of of the of the sacrifice that soldiers made for you know you watch some of these you know current war movies and that kind of thing and you realize just how horrendous it was you know you look at say saving private ryan people storming the beaches and they were doing that and it's not cliche to say they were doing that to protect our way of life to protect our freedom and to protect the things we take for granted today, frankly. And uh, I just think there's one symbol that just please leave it alone. It symbolizes something very specific. 
It's the sacrifice of those who died for our country, and, and you know what? You can find something else to wear. All right. It's sacrosanct, inviolable, and uh, it should remain a red one at this time of the year. I want to talk about symbolism of a different stripe, though. Uh, this was earlier today when Doug Ford and uh, a number of people from the Conservative Party, including John Yakubowski, the Minister of Transportation, Jim Wilson, the Minister of Economic Development, Job Creation and Trade, and the local MPP for Sarnia-Lampton, uh, all gathered in Sarnia at the border crossing to unveil a sign that declares that Ontario is open for business. Okay, you ready? There we go! <laughs> yeah, that is nice. Good quality sign. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, doesn't that, doesn't that sign look beautiful? There you go. Well, Ontario's open for business. 25 such signs will be posted at land crossings between Ontario and, you know, uh, a budding jurisdiction. So uh, at a, a cost of $106,000, some people are claiming that, you know, hey, what are you doing? This is money misappropriated or not well spent. Sherry, how do you feel? Well, I think it's kind of amusing because this happened just, what, about a week after a pot became legal in the country? I mean, I, I would think that if I was an American looking at that, I would think, what kind of business are we open for? Because uh, I, I'm sure as border officials are going to be a little concerned about how that sign might be misinterpreted, maybe. I mean, you know, I, I, I think it's, I, is it going to increase business? No, it's silly. I mean, what's going to increase business is, is, is you know, policy uh, changes. But, uh, but I do think the timing is kind of suspect and pretty funny. All right. When you say uh, what will increase business is policy changes, well, isn't this signaling a policy change or just a new ethos in the province, open for business? And is it worth declaring from the mountaintops, just as the Liberals used to buy ads on television, you know, always uh, touting certain initiatives or policies that they were involved with? I mean, is that any different here for 106000 Can you justify the expense, John? Uh, I, I can, and, and I think they have certainly justified the expense. But I think to your point, though, John, I think it is a change of ethos. I think it's... It's now an opportunity for this government to come in and say, look, we're doing things different. There was 15 years of liberals and and, and look what they've done to the economy. We're going to come in. We've got, we're, not only are they going to back those signs by policies, and you've seen some of those that, that, that he's, in, he's enforcing now and, and will be enforcing over the course of the next number of years, but it's an opportunity for him to be able to say proudly, not only in Ontario, but when he travels abroad, that our province is open for business. And and as much as it's a sign and, and people might read it and, and you know, not it might not affect anything but it's it's a it's a philosophy that he wants to ingrain not only within his cabinet, his caucus, and his government, but the people of Ontario. And there are people who uh, will see that and say, you know what, that's great, because that means more jobs for me, more opportunities for me. So I think from that perspective, John, it's good. And for $106,000, that is a drop in the bucket compared to what the Liberals spent on their advertising over the course of the last uh, number of years. Sherry, by the way, why are you smirking? Oh, I just, again, I just go back to the timing. I mean, right after pot becomes legal, all of a sudden we're open for business. Mm. And until, you know, again, I, you know, if I were a border official, especially on the American side, I might be a little concerned about that, um, uh, just the way that that could be interpreted. That's all. And, all right, and, well. and, and, and quite frankly, two wrongs don't make a right. I mean, the liberals were, yes, spent way too much money on that kind of stuff. And I, I think if they wanted to make a statement, it would be not to do that kind of government spending. But, you know, there is something, too, about government advertising, and that's always been a debate, and, and even when you were uh, in, in, uh, as an MPP too, Sherry, you know that there's always been discussion about how much money is appropriate to spend on, on, on advertising and what kind of advertising should be should be spent by governments. Is it something that they should be using to in, in educate the populace, or is it something that should be promoting themselves, and where's that line? 
Well, you know, it's interesting because at the same time when Doug Ford is talking about, uh, you know, Ontario's open for business and uh, doing their part to create jobs and helping employers cutting red tape and regulation, this is all part and parcel of the announcement today, the federal liberals uh, were actually pinpointing Doug Ford for being cruel when it comes to labor laws in uh quashing bill 148 you know the minimum wage being frozen at 14 bucks and uh also taking off the table the two paid days of emergency leave where you were given up to 10 and could basically cite your reasons later uh and these are even for temporary or part-time workers and so now they're only allotted eight uh but in that reformation they've been called by the liberals their word cruel this is the federal liberals, because provincially you guys don't count for much anymore. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, the strategy there is uh, this something, you know, where, uh, again, you know, Ford actually uh, said the other day at a press conference when he was, uh, you know, kicking out the uh, carbon tax thing. The only way to uh, really ensure there's no carbon tax is to get rid of Justin Trudeau up in Ottawa. It sounds to me like this is the nexus now. The real fight is between Ford and Ontario as the bad guy to the liberals. And, of course... Justin Trudeau is the bad guy to the Ford Conservatives here. Uh, Michael, is that a winning strategy? And if so, for whom? Well, I, I, I mean, I would say to uh, colleagues in Ottawa that running on a campaign on imposing a tax is generally not a very successful uh, strategy. Uh, Doug Ford has, has clearly positioned himself one place. Justin has done it the other. I mean, this announcement they made the other day is I think you could probably put a billboard up in Canada, you know, the border saying, you know, Canada open for campaigning because this literally was what two or three weeks after he made uh, Doug Ford made his announcement. So this is what this is about. It's it's and it only affects obviously federally regulated workplaces. Uh, so it's 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 that digging. You know, I, I always ask this question to anybody who ever makes announcements like this in policy. I always say, why didn't you make it before? Like it was such a priority for you. Why hasn't it been done before? So this is literally just a p- political positioning. And I think that you know Premier Ford's probably in a better position in the sense that he doesn't go to the polls again for three and a half years. Uh, Justin is, and I, you know, I, as I say, I just, I would always advise that you would not run an election campaign announcing you're going to put a tax in place. It just doesn't sell. All right. Well, he's trying to demonize Doug Ford, as I said, as being cruel. Uh, You know, the other thing, of course, Justin's got something to account for here with the uh, data mining by Stats Canada. And I want to come back and speak to that issue because it looks like he's doubling down or defending it uh, when it comes to, well, and he's even trying to shift it and suggest this is the antidote to how the conservatives, when they killed the long census form, really did a disservice to Canada and policymakers based on evidence and data and so on and so forth. So we'll get to that and more topics worthy of discussion in a moment with our panel, Michael Giles, Sherry DeNovo, and John Capobianco on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. A great sign that you're going to see again at 12 border crossings and tell the millions of people that have come across this border and see our great province that there's opportunities, there's growth, and there's prosperity now with our new government. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. 